Peter Goodwin here reporting from the EORTC NCI AACR Molecular Targets and Cancer Therapeutic Symposium held in Barcelona. The AKT, that's protein kinase B mutation, can be targeted as potentially a tumour agnostic therapy in a number of solid tumours. That was the premise of a phase one study reported at the meeting. The solid tumours involved were mainly breast and gynaecologic in the NCI MATCH trial that was reported, and I spoke with first author Kevin Kalinsky from Atlanta about their findings. Now, you've been looking at uh, uh, an agent, ipatacertib. You've been looking at uh, AKT inhibition. Could you summarise what, in a nutshell, was done by this study and what were you trying to establish? This was a study of patients that was being led by the National Cancer Institute, where this was a large effort where there were different arms in the study where everybody had molecular profile testing on their tumor tissue. And if patients had a specific alteration or mutation in their tumor, they got a drug that targeted that mutation or alteration. And what we are reporting at this conference is that if patients have an AKT mutation, they got an AKT inhibitor. And really the rationale for this was to move away from a one-size-fits-all sort of approach and move towards real precision medicine where we're giving patients targeted, tailored therapies based upon the biology of their cancer. Now, you did get clinical activity, significant clinical activity. Uh, What was your criterion and and how significant was it with this targeted therapy? This was a study of about 35 patients that we ended up enrolling, and we were able to evaluate the majority of those patients. And we identified response as the definition of clinical activity. And this was something that was brought across all of the NCI arms, and that was made as a definition of greater than 16%. And we saw a response rate, meaning shrinkage of the cancer, of, you know, um, know, that was in the mid-20% range. And, you know, this is important because the patients that were enrolled in this study had received multiple lines of, you know, regular therapy for their cancer. So this was not a population of patients who were newly diagnosed. They'd received multiple lines of therapy. And despite that, we were seeing these significant responses. Okay, so you were looking towards precision medicine. So you check up on the cancer, see what genetic composition it is, and then target it. You've got some indications in these very difficult to treat patients of response. Where is this pointing? Is it promising enough to think about using it as a, as a big time therapy, perhaps earlier in disease? Yeah. So right now, this particular drug is not approved in any patients with any cancer. And the study um, demonstrates that in this defined population, that there is potential activity. We, we see that. The drug is ongoing in various studies, for instance, in breast cancer and gynecologic tumors. And hopefully those studies will lead to approval of this particular AKT inhibitor. And I will also say today we saw a press release from another uh, AKT inhibitor that um, you know demonstrated significant activity in patients with pretreated breast cancer. 
And that was this trial that may lead to approval of an AKT inhibitor. And while that wasn't the particular inhibitor that we're talking about in this study, I'm bringing this up just to demonstrate that these drugs may be coming to clinic and we are seeing benefit for patients who have this specific mutation if and when those become available. And could you fit the pan-AKT inhibition, that your present drug was a pan-AKT inhibitor, into the landscape of precision medicine at the moment? Because there's quite a lot to choose from, isn't there? Where do clinicians sort out where it fits? Right. So, you know, there are right now um, specific inhibitors that are available if patients have a specific mutation. Like just for instance, in breast cancer, if patients have a breast tumor that has spread that's being fed by estrogen, there are PI3K inhibitors. For patients with lung cancer, there are EGFR inhibitors, for instance. So we do have targeted therapies that are available. And this has the potential for being another drug in the armamentarium of agents that we have. Mm. And uh, to uh, distinguish this sort of targeted therapy, there's also the whole range of immunotherapies which are out there and have made great progress. Is this as significant as those therapies, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that when this study was being designed, it predated a lot of the uh, indications for immunotherapy. And we know, I mean, immunotherapy for our patients has been a significant advance. And, you know, what we don't know is why some breast cancers respond to some immunotherapies and then others not. Like, for instance, if we think about in melanoma, there are BRAF inhibitors for patients who have BRAF mutations. And there are also patients with metastatic melanoma that respond to immunotherapy. So to me, it's not necessarily an either-or sort of situation. It may be the sort of situation where some patients may have a really great response to X drug. Some patients may have a response to Y drug. But it's about finding and understanding the tumor and to really tailor the therapy so that we know, okay, well, you should be getting this and you should be getting this based upon the biology of the cancer. Now, your drug, Epatacertib, is a pan-AKT inhibitor. Does this imply that perhaps with other AKT inhibitors, more specific ones, there might be different individualization paradigms? Yeah, it, it, it is possible. Not all AKT inhibitors are necessarily made the same. There had been other AKT inhibitors in the past that had been in development that were just too, um, uh, had too many side effects to really think about bringing to clinic. And what we saw with this particular AKT inhibitor is that it was um, reasonably well tolerated. There was only one patient who came off of the study due to side effects. We do see with this particular AKT inhibitor a rate of increased blood sugar. Some patients have gastrointestinal issues like nausea or diarrhea. Some patients had rash. But ultimately, it is a combination both of efficacy as well as tolerability. And that's where some of the nuances in terms of the AKT inhibition may come into play, given that not all the molecules are the same. Uh, and, and of course, uh, the patients you examined were relatively high performance status. Is this a kind of therapy that could work elsewhere on the spectrum of patients coming into the clinic? Yeah, you know, I think this study reflects 
how the majority of clinical trials in their early form are developed, meaning, you know, patients need to have a robust enough performance status, meaning, you know, able to take care of their daily activities of living in order to go into a trial because if they have significant fatigue or they're not really getting out of bed, then we don't know if that's related to the cancer or the drug or really what's going on. And so that was one of the uh, criteria for the study. But it does, you know, raise the point that, you know, some of the treatments that we have for some of these cancers, including some of the rare cancers, include things like chemotherapy. And, you know, we really are trying to make a move from giving therapies that are kind of broadly impacting the body to really trying to target the cancer. And the hope is while we do that, that also patients would have better tolerated agents than some of the side effects that we can see, for instance, with chemotherapy. Right. So where do you finally counsel cancer doctors to regard AK inhibition in the range of therapies available in this increasingly individualized era? Yeah, we're, we're not quite there yet. There are no AKT inhibitors that have been approved, but the hope is that we will have some in the clinic relatively soon. And I mentioned that we may have one AKT inhibitor based upon this press release that came out truly today. We haven't seen the results of that study yet, and we haven't seen the side effects and you know, the benefit in this larger randomized study. But if and when these drugs become available in clinic, one of the other things that will be important to know is whether the benefit is only in those who have mutations in this pathway or whether it's broader than that. That was Kevin Kilinski from Emory University in Atlanta. For the Audio Journal of Oncology, I'm Peter Goodwin.